I want to introduce my friend to you this morning, Rick and Teresa Griffith. And Rick, you can come up here if you will. He's a dear friend of mine, and we welcome you today. He pastors a great church in Comanche, Texas, and that's in West Texas, and um, just around the hill country of Texas. And I've known him through the School of Christ for a long, long time, and he's just a great friend of ours, and, and I love him, and I'm just grateful that he has this opportunity, and we have the opportunity to hear his heart this morning. So take your liberty, my brother. We love you, you this morning. Would you all pray with me and for him? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for Rick and Teresa. We thank you for blessing their church today at home. Yes, Father, we pray that your presence would be so strong there and you would have all of your glory in the church and that it would be a beautiful service, worship and preaching while he's here. Father, manifest your glory there and bless him this morning, Father, to speak to our hearts in the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, God bless you. It is good to be here. I am, if you filled out your forms for the weekend, I am guest speaker. So that is who I am. Uh, I want to introduce my wife over there, Teresa. Would you stand up, babe? Amen. You know, I, uh, Pastor Roland was talking about not being somebody that's sought after, well, you're looking at the bottom of the list, uh, okay, because I I don't preach anywhere else, uh, but Comanche, Texas is my church there that we uh, a pastor, and so I've been there 15 years, a little over 15 years uh, as a pastor there. I was, uh, y'all know Brother Curtis McGee from Whitney, Texas. I was, Trace and I were youth pastors for 10 years for him. Uh, two years I was associate pastor, and then we ended up in Comanche, uh, where God moved me through Brookshire Grocery Company. I used to be a store director uh, for Brookshire Grocery Company, and I was with them for 27 years. And ended up in Comanche, God called us to start a church. We started there in our living room, and uh, our first service we had six people. Three of them got saved. Half of my congregation. Uh, amen. So, uh, <laughs> and so we've come a long way. So I, we're blessed. I am here uh, this morning to... The reason that I am here this morning is for you. I don't travel around and do... I, I've preached in other countries, uh, Israel and Africa and... and uh, Egypt, but I, I don't preach in the United States anywhere else but Comanche. But I can tell you, I believe God sent me here for some of you, maybe all of you, but for some of you, I know for sure. We're talking about the presence of God, and I want to talk this morning about having the presence of God in your home. To me, that's the most important thing that you can do. I have two children, seven grandchildren, and they are all in our church. My son is preaching this morning. My daughter is leading worship this morning. All of my grandchildren are there this morning. I've told the church before, and I believe it with all my heart, it doesn't make any difference about how you go around this world and preach to everybody. If I lose my family, I've lost it all. And so... This morning, I want to talk to you about marriage. 
The devil is after marriages. And it doesn't make any difference. That beautiful woman over there, my first wife, uh, we've been married 44 years next month. April 7th. And I heard a guy say one time, he said, my wife and I were happy for 20 years, and then we met. So, uh, <laughs> 44 years, I can tell you it hadn't been all easy, been difficult at times. But God is a sustainer of everything. I want you to stand with me, if you would. This, the scriptures will probably be here. I want to go to John chapter 4. Beginning at verse 5, Jesus said to his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. He had an appointment with a woman at the well there. And I want to talk about that just a little bit today because some of you have an appointment this morning. I know that. I was praying this morning. Thank you. And God spoke to me that, that he would wake somebody up and they would be here. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away to the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria, Unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That is the Holy Spirit of God. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know what? You know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let's pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come. O Holy Spirit of God, 
you have to illuminate our minds and our hearts to hear, God, what you're saying. Lord, we just come. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can do without you. Spirit of the living God, I ask you to come. Open all of us, our eyes to see the supernatural, our ears to hear, God, what you are saying and a heart that is willing to receive it this morning. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Jesus had an appointment and he went to where this woman was. This woman was messed up. She was a woman, they, they were half-breed, I don't have time to go into all of that, but they were half-breed Jews, they believed in God, but they also believed, the Samaritans believed in other gods. And so, she had been married five times and living with a man, so she was an outcast. It's the only reason she went to the well by herself, because they all went together, the women did, to draw water. She was all by herself because she was messed up. And Jesus went directly there to meet her. Isn't that gracious? What a God we serve. He would send me from Comanche, Texas, nine hours from here, to come here to meet you. This morning, I was praying, and I I really believe this with all my heart. Some of you are here this morning, and your marriage is suffering. The devil is out to attack marriages, especially ministry. If you're in ministry in any way, I can tell you've been there. If you're in ministry, the devil is out to destroy you. He's trying to divide you. And you might have woke up this morning mad at your spouse or maybe disgusted with your life and what's going on. I can tell you this morning, God is coming to meet you here this morning. I just ask you to open your heart. To receive. There is hope for you. It looked like there was no hope for this woman. It looked like everything was a mess. She was an outcast. Nobody cared. But I can tell you, Jesus showed up. In our worst days, Jesus can show up. And he was a marriage counselor to this woman. Because he told her, he said, listen to me, woman, you've been married five times. You know, she she immediately, isn't this amazing? This is what we do, especially ministers. He put his finger on her sin. Jesus wasn't condemning. He was just pointing out to her your failure. You've been married five times. She was squeezing men to try to get out of them what she needed in life. And they could not live up to it because no human can be God to us. Nobody can. And so she was trying to squeeze him and squeeze him and get. And he would be bad the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. We always think that, you know, well, I married the wrong person or something. And we, you know, this person's just, it doesn't matter how long you've been married. We've been married 44 years. We've had issues. I can tell you when I was still a a minister at Brother Curtis's church, we had an argument, a bad argument. I left. My kids 
Both of them had spent the night with friends and were going to church. It was a Wednesday night. If the devil's going to come at you, it's going to be Saturday night if you're a minister. You're going to have the biggest blow-up fight on Saturday night you ever had. Or Wednesday. Because it's church night. You've got a minister. People's souls are at stake and the devil's going to come. You know, the devil never messed with Adam when it was just Adam and the animals, did he? It was only when Eve came and God pronounced them husband and wife, soon as the marriage happened, the devil showed up. He hates marriage. He hates you. He wants to divide you. It's always the trick, divide and conquer. That's the way the devil always works. And so we start thinking, and some of you may have woke up this morning thinking, I, I, don't, I don't love this person anymore. But you know, as a minister, it doesn't matter how bad you feel. It doesn't matter. You, you know, you have to walk into church and smile. And you put on your, your fake smile. You're gritting your teeth underneath, but you're, you know... It's Instagram time. Isn't that what we do? I told people at our church, I said, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on anything else, social media-wise, but Instagram. And I see people in our church that are posted on Instagram, and I'm thinking, who is that? That's not, I don't know that person. And you're like, on your best day, you never look like that. But that's what we post. And if you're, if you're chunky like some of us, you don't ever show this. It's just this. And it's at a distance so your face is smaller. We never post what we really look like. When you're in ministry, I can tell you, you have to get up. And preach and minister. And the devil is doing everything he can to stop you. He's doing everything he can to some of you this morning to make you feel like I married the wrong person or this person. I don't know what we're going to do. We've come to a place where we just can't get along anymore. Maybe I don't love you anymore. You know, social media has messed up our world. It really has. Because we, we look at somebody on there in their fakeness and we think, well, they're better. Man, I wish I had that one. Wish I had that one. You don't see how messed up they really are. You get that one and you think, man, I gotta look around again. That's what this woman did. I gotta look around again. And immediately when Jesus pointed out her sin, you know what she did? You see how she deflected it? She went into her religious Oh, you, you're a prophet? Well, you know, they say we're supposed to worship here, and you say Jerusalem, and we're, suddenly we get into the theological, I, I know what's going on as pastors and ministers of this gospel, of lay people who just serve God, we do the same thing. We just divert the sin, divert it so we don't have to deal with it, so nobody will know. Nobody knows what my sin is. I can tell you, Jesus knows. She couldn't hide what Jesus saw. 
He pointed it out to her. But then he gave her the antidote for the sin that she was living in. He said to her in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, you would say, give me a drink. And Jesus would give her living water. You see, the problem with us as humans is we have four basic needs in life. Everybody sitting here has four basic needs, and that is acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Everybody has that. Number one, I want to know I'm accepted. You see that children's school. We just fall in with the crap. We want to be accepted. We don't want to be an outcast. In Christianity today, we are becoming more and more of an outcast, which is good. We need to be. We need to stand up in this hour that the fakeness and the phony and then watering down the gospel of Jesus Christ to make it palatable for people. Listen, it doesn't, I'm in Comanche, Texas. We have 4,500 people in that town. And that's including dogs. We don't have very many cats. We got more dogs. And so the cats try to. But I'm telling you. I have to preach the gospel. I'm not worried about filling up a church. I'm worried about souls going to heaven. That's what it's all about. And we water down the truth of this gospel. It will mess you up. It will get you off. Security. I need to be secure in God. I need to be accepted. And I'll I'll give you these scriptures if you're taking notes, but I'm not going to read them all because I just don't have time. But Romans 8.35. And it says, who will separate us from the love of God? Nobody. Nobody. That means I'm accepted of Jesus Christ. He died for me. He knows every hair on my head. He knows who I am. And that is good for me. That means that every problem I'm walking through, even in marriage problems I'm walking through, I can tell you, I know that he knows who I am and he is working all things, all things for my good. And therefore, I have to stand. I can tell you when Teresa and I had that big fight and I left, I got in my car, she's crying on the doorstep, my kids were at church and I'm in ministry and I packed my bags and I said, bye. And I got in my car and I took off. Fortunately, we lived about 20 miles or so away from the church. So about 10 miles down the road, God said, what are you doing? Where are you going to go? So I went to church. I got home. She said, where'd you go? She wasn't feeling well, so that's why she wasn't going to go anyway. But I was like, I went to church. And I came in crawling, saying, I'm sorry, because I was wrong. But God turned me around. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost of God will change your direction. He'll change your mind. He'll change you into somebody that you need to be. The Spirit of the living God. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, I encourage you, that is a necessity of your life. Be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Do that. Don't get caught up on tongues. Get get the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It changes your mind. 
My needs, her needs. She was trying to get out of a man. Because if you don't get God to meet your needs as an individual, you will always transfer that need to some human. And they cannot. Your wife is not the Holy Spirit. Your husband is not the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus is Jesus. And I'm telling you, you have to have Him. That personal relationship. That's what she was lacking. She was looking in this world. This world gives us all kinds of pictures. And this is for people, if you're not married yet, I'll tell you this. There's all kinds of pictures of who you need to get. I can tell you, seek God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into where you need to go. If we could ever get to a place to where we look at ourselves, most of the time in marriage conflicts, it's because of ourself. We'd like to look at somebody else and push it off on somebody else, but it's us. It's us. God changed me. That has to be the, the call of our heart. We have to have time to get away, get into the presence of God. Our home, our home should be a place where there's unity there, there's peace there. When I come home from the world out there, I need to be able to shut myself in with my family. And it needs to be a place of God's presence and peace and joy. There needs to be that there. And and we so often, we forfeit all of that. Well, I got to go do ministry. I've got to help. I'm helping other people. God's looking at you and saying, I've I've got rocks that will stand up and do what you're doing. I don't need you to do that. Fix your marriage right now. Fix your life right now. If you will ask, that's not hard. God didn't make it hard for any of us. He knows who we are and how we are. He said, just ask. This woman needed help. She was looking for acceptance, her identity. Who am I? I can tell you when I was 20 years old, got out of the army, went right back to the same job I had before I went in the army, In 1977, I said to God, I didn't go to church. When I did, it was all kinds of churches, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, anything dead, that's where I was at. Never heard anything. Looking, never hearing. Met a girl on a blind date. She was blind, so she dated me. So we went on a blind date in July of 1977. She said, I go to church, Assembly of God Church in Irving, Texas. J. Don George was the pastor. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know anything about. The only thing I knew about Assembly of God Churches was my mother told me when she was a girl, I used to sit outside and watch the people run around the building. Uh, that was their form of having fun. So I met her, went to church, and I heard Pastor George preach to me. I'd said to, to God, I, I, I'm sick of this. If this is all there is to life, I don't know if you ever, I felt that. I'm 20 years old. I'm like, is this it? Is this all there is to life? Because it's pretty miserable. 
And I went to church. Brother George started, he read my mail. He's preaching to me. 400 people in there, he's preaching to me. I'm, I'm thinking, God, how is that? How does he know what I'm thinking? Later I found that was the Holy Ghost. I bowed my knee before God. November of that year, I went into his office. I got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in Brother George's office. That night, I got baptized in water. My life has never been the same. Never. We can't get what we need from people. It's not a possibility. It's never going to happen. Our identity of who we are, the security. Psalms 139 verse 13, you can look at for identity Psalms and also Revelation 2.17. God said when we get there, he's going to give us a white stone with our name on it that nobody else knows. But when he gives it to us, we're going to go, that's me. We're known in heaven. He created us. Security, Psalms 91. He's my refuge, my fortress. In Him will I trust. In Him will I trust. And purpose, we all have to have a purpose. I found my purpose. It was, it was ministering to people, loving people. I didn't love people. I didn't care nothing about people. And God, when He baptized me, Holy Ghost, I, I suddenly I could read the Word of God that I couldn't read before, knew what it meant, and, and I began to love people, weird people, strange people, ugly people. It didn't matter. They were people. And I loved them, and I still do. I've got to hurry. Psalms, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes. My wife's going to come up. And this song is a declaration. And if you're hurting this morning, it's a declaration. Devil, you can't have my family. You can do whatever you think you're going to do, but you can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You know, there's times when we just have to stand up and say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, devil. You're lying to me. Isn't that amazing that we finally figured that out? Father of lies. He's lying to me. My spouse is not the devil. If you fell out of love, you fall back in it. God, if we do, if we do marriage God's way, it'll work 100% of the time. We just got to know what God says about marriage. He fixed this woman. This woman was messed up. She went back in. She became a missionary in that town. Let me tell you why. Because she drank from the living water. That's what we have to do. Drink from the living water. And life will change us. Our purpose in life is in Jeremiah 29, 11. He has thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you an expected end. God has a plan for you. An expected end. And you may have messed it up. You may be in the process of messing it up. But God can fix it and put you back on the right track. Marriage is work. I can tell you that from 44 years. 
with that beautiful lady. It took a long time. She, she still has not figured out that I'm right. And we're still working on that part of it. But we have to work. There's times I can tell you from her and me. If not for the Holy Ghost, if not for me being able to go into my quiet place and Him talk to me, we wouldn't be together. Too many, too many issues. We wouldn't be together. This world, you can't stay together. There's no peace there, but you come into the presence of the Almighty God. Oh, healing comes. And this morning, God wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your heart. I'm going to ask my wife to come. She's going to sing this song. I, I want to read this scripture as she comes and get ready. Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. God commands blessing when we are in unity. And the greatest unity you can ever have. Your ministry, whatever you're doing for God is wonderful. But it has to start at home. We wonder why our children don't want to serve God. We wonder why our children don't know how to be married. Mom and dad, you teach them what marriage is really supposed to be. You show them. You know, we can talk all day long, but we have to show in the way we live at home. If you come and preach or you teach or you do all kinds of things and you greet people and you smile and hug their neck and you go home and you are a jerk at home. You're throwing things, acting like a fool. And you think your kids are going to love God? You think your kids are going to understand all of that and, and have a wonderful marriage? No. You are showing them how to be successful in marriage. And you can't be successful if you don't know how to do that. Hosea says, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Teresa and I, our hearts cry as I get older in ministry is for couples. It's for pastors that are hurting because they don't want to say anything. They don't want anybody to know. I can't tell anybody. Been there. I don't want anybody to know. I've got to put on my face and, and be okay. We have to come to a place where if you're here this morning, I'm telling you, surrender your pride to God. He's here. He sent me here. If I never come back to this place, He sent me here today for this, this for you. And you know who I'm talking to this morning. May not be everybody in this house, but everybody in this house can learn from what I just said. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. You just starting out marriage or you've been there. 
God's the answer. 